Okay, here we go. Um, um, what? You were clapping. I'm clapping. I should be clapping. <laughs> Why you? do we always come here? <laughs> I guess we'll never know. It's, it's kind of like, like a torture. torture to have to watch or to listen to our show. <clears throat> what? Why do we always come here? Yeah. I, I guess, guess we'll, we'll never, never know. know. It's, it's like a kind of torture, torture to have to watch the show. Okay, okay. We, <laughs> oh no, okay. we did it again. We have so much to edit out of this now. <laughs> but we don't edit. We don't edit. We can Hi, everybody. clip the front off. Hi, everybody. Hi, Good everybody. Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday, October 17th. Two weeks shy of... Halloween. Halloween. Uh, across the table for me, of course, as always, is CC. And across from me is JT. And we are doing the CC and JT Amateur Half Hour, where we have no production values and we have no uh, filters, obviously. <laughs> for, the, for those of you that are tech heads, we are doing something different today. We are using... Uh, Audacity. Audacity versus the WordPress podcast system because we want to test it out. We may actually be doing this again if, if this doesn't go up to the website very well. So uh, so this is basically take one. Take and we'll one. see how it goes from there. Uh, housekeeping. Do we have any housekeeping things? Uh, we put I put a small poll out on Twitter. Oh, yes. Under JT Hume Books. Uh, we did uh, pictures out at the Carson River yesterday. That was fun. That was fun. Testing out technology. Testing and... out technology. Here we are in our sunset years and we're still playing with technology <laughs> well we're not quite let's sunset. not go there let's, okay we're we're, we're in the autumn i don't know the autumn of life whatever that song was yeah. anyway. So anyway 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 we so, were taking pictures you put up a poll yeah we put up a poll we may of course ignore the results of the poll because i actually have a favorite picture of the one that's out there but you know and i think you do too I think one of them looks more natural than the mm. others, but they're all good. They're all they're good. all we, decent, we think, I guess. You know, considering who they're ta being taken pictures of, which is kind of what I said. I posted one of the pictures on Instagram mm. and uh, said that we were testing out selfies that neither one of us are really comfortable having our photo taken. Yeah. So it's it's all a big experiment. It's all a big experiment, just like what we're doing right here. So uh, forgive us for blathering on like this. Uh, we're just uh, the, here's the truth. We're hopped up on coffee. We're actually on the first cup of two gigantic cups of coffee this morning. Yeah, so we're here to for to entertain you with our energy. I don't uh, know how entertaining we are. Let's sort of back into what we're going to talk about today to talk about my terrible morning, which really wasn't a terrible morning. Um, JT's terrible, horrible, no good, very bad morning. It really wasn't. But, it, um, but before you go any further, let me just say that I, I was mentioning the book Alexander's Terrible, No Good... Terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, which is an excellent children's book. So if you haven't read it, look it up. Yep. Anyway, back to your story. Back to my story, such as it is. Uh, so, um, so uh, Cece and I, uh, we do Walmart pickup uh, because uh, we basically do not want to intermingle with you know people. We've been doing it pretty much since the start of the shutdown mm -hmm. yep. era. And to the kudos to the Carson Walmart team is, you know, 99.9% .9 of the time they do an incredible job. We drive up and you're, you, they load things into the back of our car and done, boom, done. It's non-contact. So, no contact, everything. But today, man, they were just having all sorts of problems. Um, there's like nine parking spots there. When I got there, eight of them were filled. 
and I had to wait for about 45 minutes for them to come out and give the groceries. And it's like, I'm, of course, I haven't had breakfast, and Cece will tell you that no, I'm, I'm pretty much an You're ogre. You're a bear. I'm an ogre, bear, whatever, when I don't have food. And uh, so, and I felt so sorry for it. And, you know, and our order wasn't exactly perfect, but it was perfect enough. And so, and then uh, we drive through McDonald's to pick up the coffee. Or excuse me, I drive through McDonald's because I was alone this morning. I drive through McDonald's this morning to do the pickup. And the woman in front of me uh, either was having, was having a problem with her order or she was not communicating it correctly or McDonald's completely screwed up and they were going back and forth. And so that was another five minutes in, in the McDonald's line. And five minutes in a McDonald's drive through is an eternity, it seems like. It can be. It could be. It may have been ten minutes. And so here I am. I'm about to leave McDonald's, and I'm just grumpier than crap. I'm just, you know, it's like a... Da, da, da. And I take that turn around to go to the east to do the exit. Those familiar with the Car- North Carson McDonald's, so what I'm referring to is I'm going back towards... Uh, the you know, shopping The area. shopping center. and Past uh, the mural. Past, past the mural, the beautiful mural. That's a gorgeous mural. We should we should post that sometime. Yes. Um, and there there she was, uh, this homeless person, uh, just just having you know just um, dressed in multiple layers of clothes, shuffling along, uh, just nothing, uh, just everything. I think she is either older than me or at the same age of me, and she's just shuffling along, and it's just. Uh, my perspective is that she was just that she was just having a horrible, horrible day, and it's like I'm just shrinking inside of myself very quickly because everything I just described about Walmart and McDonald's is such a first world problem, and it really, really, really isn't a bad day. No, our idea of a bad day is, I mean, sometimes for me. Since I do a lot of moving boxes and things during the day at work, it could be I broke my nail. And I'm not the kind of person that gets regular manicures, but anybody who has broken a nail, if you break it in the wrong place, it hurts. (laughs) You know, that kind of thing is like, oh my God, that just ruined my whole day. But in the grand scheme of things, it's not like I fell down the stairs and broke my leg or something. No, anything like that. It's perspective and context is everything perspective and context is everything in real life and in writing which is sort of what we're leading up to here but uh, it's uh, it, it's it, 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 and it's probably I don't know what it is for some people but it, I've always had problems with perspective and context because um, when one thing goes wrong everything excuse me everything seems to, go, seems to go wrong and it's just my day is just horrible but in the big scheme of things, we have a lovely house. We have a reasonable mortgage. Oh my God! <laughs> we have. A, we got in at the right time. We got in at the right time. We have steady jobs. We have uh, good health for our ages. Uh, we, it's, our families are doing well. You know, you they know, are battling. Uh, some part of our families are battling COVID. You know, which is tough. <sighs> and oh, and it's it's a breakthrough. It yeah. it is a vaccinated person, mm-hmm. so it's not the worst case scenario. And we're so glad he's feeling better. Yes. but it's it, but it, context and perspective is something I struggle with on a daily basis because reality, my life does not suck. <laughs> well, and I think as writers, I don't know about the general population, but I think. Definitely, in my experience, I'm so much more inwardly focused because I'm always in my head, 
thinking about stories or thinking about, oh, I just saw something cool. What could I do with that kind yeah. of thing? And I think we spend maybe too much time inside our heads and not looking and, and at I, other perspectives. That is so true. And if, if you'll feel for, forgive me for saying this, you see, I have seen both of us do this where we talk about something and then the other person, the other partner immediately spins it around and says, well, this is what happened to me. It's like you said, you broke her nail. It's like, well, you know, I have a real broken nail. And it's like, uh, but we we habitually do that in our conversations. And I don't mean this in a negative way. It's just, it, it just reinforces what you say. I will say something like, well, I had this XYZ thing happen at work and you will pop right into your XYZ that happened into work. And the reason that we do that, I'm, I'm not just, I'm not singling you out. I do the same thing. <laughs> I'm, I do. The I same. probably do it more than you well, do. Well, either way, either what way. it is, it, it, it's it's trying to show empathy, of course. Yes. Uh, it's trying to show that hey, uh, in again perspective and context, it's showing like some I understand context. Yeah. But it also goes back to reinforce your point mm-hmm. about saying that sometimes we are so inwardly focused when we hear something from the outside, we immediately spin it around and say. Um, well, this is what happened to me. And right. this is very common when somebody tells us about a tragedy. Yes. A tragedy, somebody died or mm-hmm. something like that. And what, well, I've seen it happen so much in social media and in person, where the, the, the person receiving that message will turn it around. Oh, I know what you feel. This is what happened to me. And it's like, really? And it's not coming from really a negative place or a self-centered place. It really, I think, in the most, in most cases, it's people really trying, like you said, to empathize with someone else. They're trying to say, I have experienced something similar because right. I can't say I experienced the exact same thing. But, you know, I let me let me show you that you can kind of get through this because this happened to me and I'm I'm functioning. So it's hard now, but you'll get there. Yeah. And kind of. And it, it, it's trying to, it's in their way, they're trying to lend strength. But my perspective on this is this person has just undergone a horrible personal experience and somebody is just telling them about another personal, horrible personal experience. And maybe that's got for strength, but it also seems a little bit piling on. And that, when you mention it in that context, this isn't always a horrible situation. It can be, but that happens a lot with pregnant women. Yes. And the uh, the whole childbirth experience, exactly. yeah, especially well, with first time expectant mothers, it's like, well, this is what you have to look forward to, and we really need to be careful about saying those kinds of things to people because first time parents, especially, are so terrified because you haven't experienced it yet. So it's something to really be aware of when someone says something. Take a few seconds, stop and say, okay, do I really need to come back with my story? Yes. Do I need to add to the burden that right. this person is already and is, carrying? And that, that's a, a, such a good point because that's exactly the example I was about to show. Yep. Is this, uh, you see it all the time with with mothers. Oh, I'm pregnant. Oh, 20, had... 24 hours of hard labor that happened outside in the snow. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, oh, well, I mean childbirth with no painkillers no pain you killers. know it's like oh yeah and then well, he expected me to go out and keep on do, work, working working on, in the fields you know, yeah working in the well, fields oh okay well let's not do that so no it's just it's a situation where we kind of need to think about mm-hmm. 
think before we speak, basically. It's like, yes, okay, you did have that experience and it was terrible for you. And maybe somebody said something that helped you. Like maybe sharing their experience did help you. But the person you're talking to may not feel that way. Yeah. So, so context and perspective again. Absolutely. For myself, and what I found is, is uh, and maybe this will help uh, our two or three listeners, is that when somebody does come back with a, with a, a dramatic, horrible uh, experience in their life, and we're all there, we've all been there, the best thing to do is maybe just say, I'm so sorry, is there any way I can help? Boom, done, that's it. Basically, I am there for you. I am there you for you. Anything, Here's, here, is, here is my strength. Let me lend you strength. Uh, so and it's a hard situation because hard you do situation want to help because you want to because I want to do so much more. Mm-hmm. But perhaps that person who is giving that information is just saying, you know what, you know, I'm just letting you know. But I, I have to deal with it, you know, on my mm-hmm. level within my family circle, so on and so forth. So all, you know, really, the safest thing I found to say is, I'm, I'm very sorry. Mm-hmm. Is there any way I can help? Right. Boom. And, and and that and again context and perspective by asking that question if you can help then perhaps the person will then provide context and perspective that will help you form a better answer mm-hmm. but again don't load them with your horrible experience and remember that when you are asking them mm-hmm. to tell you what they need sometimes mm-hmm. they can't they aren't able to and yeah. if they're not you know, just just back away, give them some time, because that's also putting some pressure on them saying, well, I don't even know what I need right now. So, mm. you know, and then it kind of goes back to, OK, what should I be saying on their side? Mm-hmm. What should I be doing? And that also adds a little bit of a burden. So, yeah, so just, just be careful with those interactions. Simple. Keep it simple. Mm-hmm. Show that you are there. I'm here for you. Yeah, I'm here for you. So that's that's a life lesson that uh, that I wish I'd known for many years. Many years, but without uh, well, actually, the think before you speak thing. I wish I'd realized that. <laughs> you too. still have some issues yeah, well, with I that still sometimes. Have some, some issues, yeah, yeah. So, but you know, this is a podcast for writers, uh, not so much of life experiences. So, but let's talk about a little bit context and perspective from a writing perspective because. That, that's the thing I struggle with when it comes to the writing thing, because I know what I want to say. I know the context I want to do. I know the perspective that I want to do. But sometimes I just fail providing that, you know, that necessary third dimension. Let's call it a third dimension because you you have action and dialogue. Mm-hmm. But the perspective, the context of that action and dialogue, where is it happening? Why is it happening? Who is it happening with? You know, the, the, the those questions. Uh, and lending that context and perspective in my writing is sometimes a struggle for me. Um, I don't want to over-explain, obviously, because right. wordy, 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 wordy. Nobody wants wordy. They want, they want uh, things to move forward. And it's more... You want to do the show versus tell. You yeah. don't want to tell everybody what they should be thinking or feeling. And that's that's difficult for me um, because, uh, especially uh, in the current two current books that I happen to be reading back to back. Oh God, I'm an in, I'm insane. <laughs> no, you just happen to be motivated and inspired. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah, it's a context and perspective. I finished. Uh, we're doing the six thirty project. We've talked about this frequently, where we sit down every day at six thirty ish. Mm-hmm. And we write for 30 minutes. Well, what happened was, is I reached like 53,000 words on one word of pro- one word work in progress, mm-hmm. uh, lovingly known as a POC, piece of crap. <laughs> uh, and I had an idea for another book, 
and I just spun around and just stopped writing the one book because I'd reached the end of it, turned it over to CC, mm-hmm. and I just started the other one, and I've got over, I've got a few thousand words on that one already, just from the 630 thing. Um, so context and perspective is what, I, what I'm struggling with here, is, is what is too much context and perspective? What is not enough? I don't Well, you need to find a balance of context where it appeals to a broad audience, mm-hmm. where they can take clues from your context, your mm-hmm. contextual information, and build their own context, because everybody's going to take something different away from it. Mm-hmm. So you can struggle with what you're trying to provide, but no matter how hard you try to tell them, tell them mm-hmm. what you're saying, they're going to take from it what, you know, their own context. So you can pro- provide the contextual clues. You're basically dropping breadcrumbs. And I struggle with that too, because it's uh, in the perspective point of view um, and it kind of, you know, going back to point of view itself in character point of view, First person, second person, third person. I think third person is the most common. First Mm -hmm. person is a little more common than second person is really difficult. In the first work in progress, I did first person. Right. And the one I'm doing now is third person. And that can actually mess with your perspective because if you're looking for an an omniscient perspective, Mm -hmm. then you can kind of talk about everything that's going on in your story. And you have to be careful not to switch back and forth because... You know, if you're talking from a first-person perspective and then all of a sudden your character knows everything, it throws people off. So, you know, there's there are little nuances that you have to think about in your perspectives. Yeah, point of view is really struggle is a struggle it probably for <clears throat> every writer, with even within the same chapter. And that's something I learned through the editing process when it, our, my editors are pointing out that in the same chapter... I was I was hopping from the perspective from person to person in the same chapter, and that confuses readers when you do that, or it can confuse readers when you do that. So, uh, so uh, I've done some workarounds and some tricks, and I'm using that trick actually in in my current book or my current work in progress to get around that. Uh, but generally, the majority of my books, and I think almost all of my books, is first person, real time, basically th- as as it happens. The per- you know because. Uh, I do. I pick that perspective because it's just easier to write from in a real time, uh, real time mode. The challenge is is obvious. The, is obvious that in a first person real time mode, they can't know the future. No. Nope. So you have to be very very careful about the, uh, knowing the future. Or what and, anyone else is thinking. Yeah, or what anybody else is thinking. So. Um, so that throws off your perspective and your context. Yeah, and it just sort of it for knowledgeable readers. Uh, it just throws it basically throws an anchor into into the uh, into the knowledge into the book, and you lose that uh, ability. You you, you well, I want to say this correctly. You interrupt the reader's ability to suspend belief. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was I was reading an independent book the other day a few months ago, and the the very first chapter, the writer did exactly that, and it's like I had to stop because I just couldn't finish it. Right, and that's. You can have a lot of sins in a project, mm-hmm. you know, grammatical errors, punctuation errors, things like that. And I feel like a lot of readers will be more than willing to overlook that. But there are some major, like it just puts the brakes on the whole story and you're kind of like, wait, no, uh-uh, I can't. And I've read books like that too, where you're just like, 
no, 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 no. This is not going where I think it should be going. And it's messy. Yeah. And you have to kind of, you need to, and like you said, going back into the editing process, getting extra sets of eyes on it to say, you know, you may not have seen it initially when you wrote it. Getting that second set of eyes to go, oh, wait a second. This is what happened here. You need to maybe think about it. Yeah. It's really important. Edit, get, get somebody to edit your books. But if you're going to put a book out there, spend the money and get an, get an editor. I know that folks, I know folks, especially independent authors, are on a shoestring budget to begin with their with their books. Uh, but there's two, I think, mortal sins. And this is just me speaking, and please uh, tr try not to take offense, but this has been my experience. There's two mortal sins that independent writers commit. That, that's not paying for a, a decent editor, uh, and that's self-explanatory, and not paying for a decent cover. Uh, some some folks are talented. Uh, our daughter, the writer, is very talented with graphics, so she can get away with that. She she's done her own book covers, and the book covers that she has done herself are just amazing. So she has that talent. She's always been artistic in that way, and we're very yes. proud of that. Some folks are not, and we can tell when Uncle Charlie, who just opened up Photoshop two three <laughs> days ago, uh, is trying to get, help you out with a cover, and it's like, uh, no, folks, you can tell a book by its cover. You can. I disagree a little bit with the, the cover design because I think you can kind of fudge on that. There are, you know, not necessarily, you know, doing the whole thing from scratch. You need to be careful using stock photos and things. So I'm kind of a little, uh, there are workarounds for the editorial process where if you don't really have the money to put out right away, you can try to go through the beta reader process and see you still get extra sets of eyes, mm -hmm. sometimes who are able to pick up some of those copy editing issues. So you can kind of do a little bit of a workaround on that too, but getting professionals really, if you have the money. If you have the money. If and you if have you, the money yeah. and um, the time. And that, you know, there's another topic for conversation is at a later time is the timetable of publishing a book. Yeah, that's that's complex. Uh, and we sort of got away from the center point of this perspective. perspective in editing because unfortunately I allowed my buttons to be pushed on those two issues and I apologize, I shouldn't have gone there, but oh well, here we but are. But that's a perspective too yeah. because you are, we were talking about the perspective of having someone else's eyes on your work basically. Mm -hmm. So it is, it it's along the same topic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so what are we going to take away from this is, is what? Just, for example, the story that we were telling at the beginning about how the morning started out so tough and, you know, you're just in this foul mood, the black cloud is following you around and all of a sudden you saw something that took you out of that perspective mm -hmm. and that that really changed your outlook on the day. Yeah. And I think applying that to writing Maybe if you're having problems with a story, um, you know, maybe look at your characters, look at their perspectives, look at the context of the story. And maybe some of the problems are that you're you need to look outside, find a different perspective and come back at the story from a different direction. Yeah, this podcast is pretty much all over the place, isn't it? That's your perspective. That's oh, you're thinking, yeah. <laughs> you're thinking it's doing okay? I think we're okay. We're okay? I think so. Well, we all managed to... Tie it up in the end. We tie it up in the end. Well, we're not quite at the end because I wanted to ask you something. You had another suggestion for for a podcast, and I, it's gone. It went in one ear and out the other. Of course, uh, what was that suggestion you had earlier this week about something? It was good. Uh, 
Give me a second. I'll I'll remember it. <laughs> the Jeopardy theme. The um you know, I I could remember it until you said that. The Oh shoot. Let's move on. I'll come back to it. Yeah, yeah. It'll it will percolate back there. Yeah, it's not coming to me immediately. Well, anyway, we're looking at the uh, software here, Audacity, and we've seen these long pauses here. We could where we could probably edit we can, it out. Yeah, we can definitely clip those. That's the nice thing about Audacity. I've yeah. I've done that before. You just delete it out, yeah. so we can get rid of the pauses and some of the uhs and ahs and anyways and, and, and anyways. But then, but then they lose. You know, our you know our our you know. I think the topic was comparing yourself to others. Was that the one I was talking about? No. Okay. Never mind. Never mind. Now we're just sort of That's here the taking, one I was thinking of. Now we're just here spinning wheels for the sake of spinning wheels. No. Let's talk about... <clears throat> so, um, how's, I'm sorry about that. How is uh, your writing going? It's going fairly well. I've gone back and restarted the story itself. I've, I think I have three different beginnings of this current version of it. I feel like the most recent version is much better. I'm in a better headspace with it. You're going to so, publish it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. Well, I've been working on this one for probably three or four years. So, yes, I'm going to publish it. Darn it. Yeah, darn it. <laughs> and it is kind of going back to putting it in a different perspective. So I'm I'm working through that, trying to figure out the best way. But I think I've got it now. And I still have the, you know, the center and ending part. And I just have to go cobble them all together now and smooth out the rough edges. And smooth out the rough. make sure everything's consistent. Okay. So it's coming to a conclusion, and then I'm going to put together something for November for National Novel Writing Month. Um, and you're reading my, my first work in progress. I just started it, and okay. I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. It's This one is definitely, well, maybe not off topic. It starts in a very dark place. See. Where does that come from? I have no idea. Because... In my experience, 40 years now, you are not a dark person like that. So where do those dark thoughts come from? Are, is it your psyche, like deep down in your psyche? I think it's actually, it's the uh, character speaking to me. Because mm. this is what the character would do in that situation. We're not going to give it away. No. Not yet. Uh, I'll probably post like the first chapter out there later down, you know, when we get closer to publishing. But this is... Uh, this, this sequel is very character-driven from one person's point of view, and uh, just like the first book. And for this dark place, that was the character. That's the character. So it was actually the character speaking to me, saying this is what would happen. And you, the situation that you refer to, you know, <laughs> if X plus Y were yeah. to happen, then Z is what is the, result. The, is the is the result or the outcome. So that in that instance, that is where that is some that is where the uh, character is driving me versus me driving the character. Does, so the details, though, I mm. mean the the type of details that you've put into this, mm. and I've wondered this about other authors that write dark, you know, kind yeah, of so, urban you know, fiction, Stephen King kind of people, that, that kind seem of thing. Like, they seem like, you know, your average, ordinary, everyday person. So where is this coming from? Like the collective consciousness? Maybe you read something somewhere and it stuck? Or could have. It maybe could have. those kinds of details. It's like, 
wow, that that would never have occurred to me. That's not where my mind goes. And, you know, and that may be the difference here because uh, between our writing is, you know, and I've seen this uh, in other things that you've written. And again, I just, just take this for what it's worth and please take this from the sources. I take risks. Mm-hmm. I, I take risks in my writing and you're reading, you know, some uh, a right. risk-taking kind of book and you've read the other books. And I don't see risk-taking, you know, as a part of your book. I want to do... I think I'm more of a cozy writer. You know, you've heard of the cozy mysteries mm-hmm. and stuff where it's like the, the older lady and the cat and they're something yeah. ridiculous happened in town kind of thing. Jessica Fletcher. Jessica Fletcher, very murder she wrote. I think basically for my my mental health, my well-being, I can't go in those dark places. It's not like I, I have never had dark thoughts. I have, I think at one point... Oh, I did write a dark story. I should dig that one out. And it was it was rather disturbing. I don't remember what it was called, but boy, I can remember some of the details. Okay, so let's go there. Let's go there for a second. So we talked about Little Women a few podcasts ago. Yes. And Professor Bear? Yes. Professor Bear. Uh, and talking to... Oh, God, I already forgot her name. Joe? Joe. Thank yes. you. Yes. Talking to Joe and saying you know, that... Uh, saying almost the same thing that we're saying here that you know you're taking you're taking uh, you're, even though the, what you're writing about which is basically you know, you know trash you know but it isn't right. it isn't lending anything to, of herself to the writing uh, she's not taking risks she's not taking risks True. And she is not going to develop fully develop into the writer that she could be this is this is him saying this no I remember um, so is there a possibility here that you may be in the same place as Joe? You, you, you're saying that you prefer to be a cozy writer. That's a safe place. That's yes. not, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, Murder, She Wrote was on for, what, how many, 30 years? <laughs> <laughs> Probably not that long. It seemed but, like know, but, it. But, but, uh, but the, the fans, uh, you know, expected that and so on and so forth. And that's why it was successful for so many years. But uh, for me... And, you know, I'm just going to put it out there at the table. Are you being the best writer you can be when you're not taking risks? That is actually a good point. And I've never really thought about it that way. Kind of going back to some of the throwback things that I've been talking about, the uh, Bewitched and the Monkeys and things like that. They were all very formulaic. Mm-hmm. Very uh, safe. Very safe. And I've, I guess I've always kind of been that way. So maybe that has been a bit of my problem is that... But it's not a problem if it's a, if it's something that you're comfortable with. Right. But what I meant as a problem when I was trying to traditionally publish, mm-hmm. my problem was that mine did not stand out mm-hmm. because it was maybe a little too formulaic. Or, I mean, thinking back to early writer me, I was definitely very much more of a, oh, hey, look at me. I can do everything. I'm just going to throw this out there. And I didn't really think about the process or the quality or any of that and it was more of you know here I could write I could do this I'm gonna get published whereas now I think you're right I have kind of gone back to more of a I feel like I want to be in a safe space and maybe that's why I haven't been putting out my writing is that I don't feel like it's good enough (laughs) it's like I've gone the opposite direction is like I know that younger me really could have done better as a writer before putting it out there and maybe now I'm trying to do better and it's holding me back I think that 
I think that's all very good points, very good uh, self-perspective. Uh, kudos for, for going there. Uh, it's, uh, see, I feel, I want me, how do I want to say this? I feel that if somebody is going to open up one of my books, and however rarely it happens, uh, that I have a, a commitment to provide them some form of entertainment that is worthy of the 99 cents that they've spent. And whether it was 99 cents or $10 or $50 or so on and so forth, the price doesn't matter. The fact is, is, is the reader has made a commitment, so therefore I must meet that commitment with, with, with entertainment. And in order to be entertaining, I feel that I have to take a risk in order to continue that hook and keep the hook in there. But that's for me, you know, that's my formula. That's how, you know, that's the, that's the bottom line basis of, of my writing is, is, is take risks to provide in full entertainment value no matter how much the the, the uh, reader has done, because they're if they're lending time to reading, that's you know that's time of their lives. It is valuable time. But there is also a readership, totally completely valid, that prefers safe, happily ever afters, and so on and so forth. I just wonder if sometimes, if you're the best person for that, if uh, do you feel that your writing has evolved, or if you forgive the word, stagnated because of uh, minimal risks. That's actually a very good point. And I was thinking along those lines because last night we watched the, the Muppet Haunted Mansion because mm -hmm. I really wanted to see it. And I love the Muppets. I love the Haunted Mansion. Um, I actually love the 1970s Muppets, basically. The Muppet Show and Jim mm -hmm. Henson and Frank Oz and everything were doing the voices. And it got me thinking because I enjoyed it. It was funny. It was a little formulaic. It was very, you know, they tried to put the ride on film, kind of. Which, yeah, but it's so predictable. It was very predictable. The humor wasn't quite the level I remembered. And that did get me thinking about the value of, especially with all the streaming services and all the independent publishing and all of the everything out there right now. So what you're saying is an actual, actually an excellent point that... You know, there is a market for it, obviously. People do want to see some of that or read some of that. But is that what I want to do? I mean, that's kind of, I was actually on that thought path already this morning. It's like, do I want to be the, just throw it out there because it's like, you know, stuff that people are enjoying right now. Or do I want it to actually have some lasting literary value? And, you know, those are all very good questions. And again, I hope you don't feel I'm, I'm attacking you or criticizing you. No. It's just that you're, I've seen where your writing takes no risks. And it's, is that the best uh, CC can do? <laughs> is that the best that's a good CC, question. CC can do? And there's really only one person that can answer that question, of course, and that's you. So... I just want to throw it out there. So now that I've, now that I, and if, uh, forgive me for saying it, but now I've taken a shot at your writing, you want to go ahead and take a shot at mine? Because I invite, dear God, please. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need to hear this. Honestly, I've always been very impressed with your writing. And, you know, coming from the, like, my safe perspective, like you said, you like to take risks. And so you've gone off in tangents that I've totally not expected. And especially knowing you as intimately as I do, <gasps> I mean... Oh, my God. Let's try to keep the G rating here. <laughs> I'm talking about, you know, mentally. Mentally, not After physically. knowing you all these years, I feel like i probably one of the better people. I, I know you probably best 
you would, over you know the best of everybody. So yeah. based on my perspective, sometimes you have gone in places that have really surprised me, and that, like you said, I it's it does provide value. This your current work in progress and the one the previous story mm-hmm. with this character were not my favorites. But that's not because they were poorly written or anything. It's because it takes me to that dark spot that I don't really want to go to. And it's, uh, you know, I think overall you do definitely have the the skill, the innate ability, the, you know, I'm always very pleasantly surprised by your work. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I know people will say, well, you guys have been married forever, so you're biased and... Yes, I probably am. So, I hope you know, you take are. that with a grain of salt. I hope you're biased. I don't have any, I think the only, you know, suggestions I would make is to be more confident with yourself mm-hmm. because you tend to put down your writing and I think it's better than you think it is. But like I said, again, I am biased. So mm-hmm. mine, mine more has to do with your self-confidence versus any you know glaring problems i see with your writing which basically means we have the same thing in common because you're you're not confident enough to take risks so and i'm let me rephrase that i apologize uh is that would that be a correct statement that you don't feel confident enough to take risks i think so okay i didn't mean to say it that way forgive me no no i get what you're coming i get where you're coming from basically and i've over the years i've come to see that um I've always wanted to kind of go out there and garner attention, but then when I get attention, it makes me uncomfortable. So maybe that's why I try to be a more safe and middle of the road kind of writer. Mm-hmm. And because I don't want to, you know, I've been, I was watching a video about someone who is doing YouTube videos about historical costuming and mm-hmm. she didn't expect them to take off. And now she's got over a million followers. And she was talking about the, the difficult side of dealing with that much pressure. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of where I'm afraid to go. And then you said, um, and then to kind of wrap this, this part of the discussion of human, you said that, uh, that I don't have the self-confidence on the, the quality of my, of my writing. Pro- to promote to your that. writing, to yeah. say that here, here is something that I think you might enjoy. I've done the best I can with it. Mm-hmm. I think it's a quality product. You yeah, know. You're probably And right. you're making faces. You know, if you guys <laughs> could see, he is making faces like, no, 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 no. Hey, you know, in some podcasts, they have people actually, you know, Video, filming, videoing yes. at the same time. I don't pod- think anybody, Let's not do that. No, 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 no. God, no. The selfies are bad enough. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, listeners, the two or three of you, you have real... Two really screwed up writers here. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, you know, I think people are all like this. We're just maybe a little more introspective than a lot of people are. And maybe that's Again, my problem. And we've even mentioned that in this podcast that sometimes we get stuck inside our own heads. Back to the perspective. And, really, and we sort of, you know, stir up the stir up the uh, brain sauce inside our brains so much that uh, we forget to take that outside perspective. Which brings us back to the beginning of this thing, or the beginning of our discussion. See, anyway. that's what I said. We always come back around. And we always come back we around. We managed so. to tie it up. Uh, this has actually been our longest podcast. We're about to hit the 40-minute uh, mark, and so I don't know if there's any value to this. And also, I don't even know if we're going to use it. We may just turn around and just re-record this under the other software, and maybe then maybe we think... Have it a little bit cleaner and cleaner, more streamlined. Streamlined. And more, makes it safer. More safer. Okay. I think maybe we've gone into unsafe territory. 
I uh, can't think of anything else that we really want to touch on. Uh, let me do a couple of commercials while CC is mulling here. First of all, all of our podcasts can be found at carsonghume.com. We ask that you listen, of course, but we also ask you to give us some feedback. Are we completely full of hooey? That's what we need to hear. <laughs> hey, that's a real word. Hooey. hooey. I love that word. Hooey. hooey. Are we completely full of hooey? Have we given you some ideas? Have we helped you? Have we hurt you? We need to hear things like that. Feedback, and I say this for writers and for podcasters, feedback makes us better. Negative, positive, whatever. If you've got something to say, if you've got something that you feel that uh, will make us better or make us worse, then, you know, let us know. We, we need to know this. Uh, our books, of course, our links to our books out on Amazon. You can find our books out there under uh, Cassidy Carson and under J.T. Hume. And we invite you to go ahead and grab those books. If you want a free copy, just let us know. And we'll, you know, we'll do a free copy thing. And we'll just set it up on Amazon as a free copy and get it that way. Mm -hmm. And again, feedback. Let us know if we're doing, if we're full of hooey or we're, we're doing okay. Uh, we need to know these things in order to improve, not only as writers, but as human beings. We well, to. and going back to that, maybe with the, what I mentioned about your self-confidence, read some of JT's books. See if I'm completely biased and totally wrong about the whole thing but let us know if you agree with my my perspective on the uh, the quality and the the interest level of the stories you're being challenged folks take yep. take, take the, the challenge take the challenge well and also i think as listeners you are part of the team mm -hmm. you know people who read our books are part of the team you're going to become part of our little tiny family you, 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 <laughs> you poor, poor things people. you poor poor people <laughs> Okay, I think we chatted long enough, and besides, who knows, we may be doing this all over again. There's nothing wrong with that. That's nothing wrong with that. We can chat again. Uh, so, until then, uh, until next week, uh, sitting across the table from me is CC, And across from me is JT. We hope that you have a very wonderful week, and be kind to each other, because gosh darn it, be kind. And remember to think about your perspective. Absolutely. Take care. Love you lots. Talk to you later. Have a great week. How you turn this thing off, Mabel? Oh, come on. <laughs> you really can't.